Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we're trying something a little different and we'll see if I can pull it off. That is talking about just one movie on a podcast. Uh, Crazy, I know, but uh, I started realizing when I was recording the last episode that uh, there's just, like there's a lot that I have to say, but I I'm, I don't like going over an hour on the podcast unless it's obviously something that warrants going over an hour. But I figured, uh, you know, for those of us or for those of you who maybe are wanting to, ooh, wh- what's this movie about? But don't really care about some of the other movies or this, that, and the other. I figured, what if I just record each movie that I see as opposed to uh, chopping them all up into one podcast? And uh, by that, I mean combining them. I, I record it all at once. I don't chop anything up. So um, so this one, we're going to be talking about Queen and Slim, which uh, I just recently watched and uh, was incredible. Awesome movie. And uh, I, I'm doing another thing, too, where uh, when I watch a movie, I also, right after the movie, watch all of the special features. I used to do that when I was younger, and I loved it, and it made me love the movies more. But for some reason, uh, over the last, I don't know, decade, I just uh, haven't really been doing that. I watch the movie, and then I'm good, maybe, well, at least with the Marvel movies, I watch all the special features on those, but not really any other movies. And so as I've been uh, watching my new Criterion films... I've been watching all of the uh, special features there. I was like, I might as well just do this on all of them, especially when there's a movie that has really good special features. Obviously, there are some that you know don't put anything on their uh, their Blu-ray, but this one did, in fact, have some great special features. So today's episode, we will be talking about Queen and Slim. Uh, so this movie came out in 2019. Uh, I just got it from the library, and I really wanted to see it in theaters, but just due to time constraints and uh, other movies that were out at the time I wasn't able to this movie was not in theaters very long it took a while to get to my area and then it was there excuse me for uh, probably only a couple weeks so uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to see it and support it in theaters which I, I wish I was or had but hey I'm seeing it now and I'm recommending it to all of you I really really loved this movie so um, Queen and Slim was directed by Melina Matsukas and written screenplay was written by Lena Waithe uh, story was also by Lena Waithe and also a James Frey, but uh, special features-wise, Lena and Melina are both uh, heavily involved in making the special features, which I was really happy with. And I noticed too, uh, for super fans, they both do the director or they both do the commentary track for the movie. And uh, so, you know, you've got that piece of it as well. And they are a absolute wealth of knowledge. They provided some really great insights into this film and the making of the film that I'm going to highlight as well as uh, some of my own observations. So uh, from this point on, I'm going to I'm going to go through the movie. Uh, So spoilers ahead for those of you who don't want to be spoiled. I know we're we're talking about some movies where I don't think spoilers are uh, really an issue. It's not like a you know a Marvel movie where there's some you know oh what's gonna happen like this is a, a one and done movie. There are no sequels. There's no you know what's coming next. But it's still an, an interesting movie. So uh, Queen and Slim is about uh, two characters who are played by uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Jody Turner Smith. Uh, you guys may know Daniel Kaluuya from such roles as. Um, Get Out. Also, he was in, uh, was it not Bandersnatch, but 
Black Mirror. He's in a great episode of Black Mirror. He's also in Black Panther. He plays uh, Okoye's uh, husband in Black Panther. I'm trying to think. There's a he. There's been a stint, and at least recently, he has just been taking on a ton of roles, and and good for him because he is a phenomenal actor. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm clicked on this thing. He was in Sicario. I loved Sicario. Sicario is one of my favorite movies. So uh, that's, I forgot that he's in that movie. He did a great job in that one. Uh, looks like he was in Kick-Ass 2. Uh, I'm scrolling down his thing right now. I don't remember. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but uh, man, that's cool. And uh, so Jodie Turner-Smith is uh, not as well known, I would say. She's been in a couple of things. It looks like maybe as some shorts and video shorts, but she turns in a phenomenal performance as well. I mean, this this movie is about them. There are a lot of other actors and players in this movie, but every almost every single scene is the both of them together, and it really makes for a special movie because the chemistry that they have is is insane it's awesome and it's really built up over time uh, as the movie goes on and this is a it's a longer movie i think it's like two hours and 12 minutes so as i was watching it too i was fully engrossed in this film but i was like wow this is a long movie and it, not as a complaint you just you kind of feel it at points because it's a uh, it's a road trip movie in a sense so they they meet up and uh, they're having a date at a diner or at, at a restaurant. And what was interesting was Lena, the, uh, the screenplay writer, she was talking about how this was the blackest meat cute ever, which I have to agree with. It's, it's uh, kind of sad. But uh, what happens is they, they go on their date. And this is literally they're talking about it. I think they like met on Tinder. And uh, they're having a good time, I think. They're, they're, you can definitely tell that they're different people in the sense that um, Daniel's character, Slim, is a lot more easygoing, very uh, kind of quiet and reserved, whereas Queen is very assertive. She's very sure of herself. And uh, as the film kind of goes on, you start to see why, because she's had a lot of trauma in her life. Whereas Daniel's uh, Daniel Slim has a a very different had a very different life than she did, but uh, he's driving her back home, and uh, during the course of the drive, they're pulled over by a police officer, and uh, just in you know the classic fashion, and, and unfortunately at this point it is classic fashion because this unfortunately happens quite a bit. Uh, you know the police officer pulls him over, asks him to step out of the car, and she's going you know uh, why is that necessary? And he's like you know don't. He's a, he, he does a good job, and it's played by Sturgill Simpson, does a really good job of being a really mean police officer. And uh, so he takes uh, Slim out of the car and asks him to open up his back trunk, which he agrees to. And he's got a bunch of Nike boxes in there with shoes, and he's like, you know, what are in these boxes? He's like, it's just shoes. And at this point, uh, what is he? Oh, he says, uh, can, you hurry, can you hurry it up? And the police officer's like, excuse me? And he says it's really cold out. And when when we're watching the special features, uh, it turns out they were actually filming in Cleveland, uh, and that's where the the movie starts is in Cleveland. But it was during the uh, polar or the polar site or the bomb cyclone, the polar cyclone, whatever it was, it was very 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 cold. So that line was actually ad libbed by uh, by Slim himself uh, because it was so freezing cold. But so he shuts the uh, the trunk and pulls his gun on him. And I, I'm thinking to myself like. 
whole that escalated quickly just from him asking to you know hurry it up i get him being rude but whoa and so at this point queen gets out of the car and she's like what are you doing and he's all get back in the car and so she's going to pull her phone out to film the situation and he shoots her and uh grazes her leg and at that point uh slim kind of freaks out and attacks him and and you know knocks him down knocks his gun out of him and, and the police at this point is trying to fight him is like beating him up while he's on the ground and so at one point they kind of break off and uh, Slim grabs his gun and shoots the police officer in the shoulder, chest, some area where he just dies right away. And they're kind of just sitting there in disbelief. Like like I said, like uh, Lena you know, described as the blackest meat cute ever. This is literally their first date. <laughs> and this happens on their first date. Like I, it's, I can't even imagine. And this is something that a lot of people go through, face every single day. Uh, especially in in areas like that because they said they wanted to film in uh, Cleveland and they wanted it to take place in Cleveland because um, Cleveland has the death penalty and uh, one of the state or Ohio has the death penalty and so there's there's a piece of it where Queen is actually she's a, a lawyer and a, a death row lawyer I think is what um, the uh, the director had described in the writer but uh, so she's you know she the whole movie kind of she's got that cool head on her that lawyer head of you know don't do this we need to do this we need to be careful so um she's like we need to get out of here which he's like oh no 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 like i need to call my family and she's like no you can't do that because then they're going to know where we are we need to leave and uh so they do they leave they drive off and um at this point it's a struggle because the police officer has already reported their vehicle and uh, their their look, you know, right? They say he says to you know an African American male, African American female, with in a white uh, Honda Accord with a license plate that says uh, something like uh, "Save Jesus" or "Jesus saved me," something like that, uh, something religious, but. They're driving at this point, and uh, they're you know losing their heads, losing their mind, and they uh, end up running out of gas. Uh, Slim's not paying attention while he's driving and doesn't notice that the gas has run out. So they're stopped on the side of the road, and another car comes to help them. Turns out the person, and so that guy, the guy's like, "Hey, come on in. Like, I'll take you to this gas station. We'll get you some gas." And uh, so they get in. And uh, it turns out the guy in the car is a sheriff, and he's off duty. And by now, they I think he mentions they made it to Kentucky. So they're in Kentucky at this point. And he takes them to a gas station. And when he's in the gas station buying them gas, uh, he gets a call on his radio saying, you know, reporting the, that, you know, the, they shot a police officer, all that stuff. And so at this point now, they hold him up at gunpoint to take him back to their car. They lock him in their trunk and take his car. And they drive. At this point, Queen's like, we need to get to my uncle's house in New Orleans. He should be able to help us. And so this is where it's it's really interesting, and Lena Waithe talks about this in the special features as well, that this is, is uh, it's in a sense, it's a road trip movie. And it's almost a, uh, it's a reverse... Uh, underground railroad type story which I find fascinating so uh, in that reverse setting is they start in the north and are quickly quickly traveling south which is obviously the opposite of the underground railroad Uh, but at the same time too uh, and we'll get to it as we get to the end you know the it's it just has a very trying to escape to freedom vibe uh, that is great and really uh, punctuated by the way that um 
uh, the way that Molina directs this film, there's a lot of beautiful uh, kind of wide shots of scenery and kind of the happenings around. There's a really a shot that stuck in my mind quite a bit uh, towards the end that it reminds me of the cover of Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar's album uh, with the van on it, but it's just a rusted out truck and the camera's just focused on this truck. And uh, just some really beautiful shots as they slowly move their way down south. And what's interesting that uh, they pointed out too was as they move from this very freezing cold uh, setting in Cleveland and start moving down south, obviously the weather warms up. The you notice that the colors, things get more colorful in the in the shots. But at the same time, their relationship warms up as well because at the beginning, uh, Queen is very uh, very much a loner. She, based on the things that have happened in her life, she wants to be alone. She, I, I he, they even talk about. He's like, well, then why did you want to go on a date with me? And she's like, well, you seemed sad in your photo. Like I wanted to see what was going on, basically. But as they're traveling down south, and it's really interesting, kind of like, uh, almost like, oh brother, where art thou? They run into multiple different people, and really cool to see, um, because the director and writer were talking about they wanted to give this sort of variety piece to the black people in the communities that they're traveling through, how kind of showing that everyone is a little bit different, because I think oftentimes there's this stigma, right, that, oh, you know, they're all the same, and, you know, obviously we shouldn't be thinking that, and so they do a really good job of showcasing all of these different people, and not only that, how all of these people react to what they've done. So by now, while they're traveling, uh, their their video has gone viral. So the obviously there's a dash cam on the on the car, and their video has gone viral. So as they're traveling, uh, and on that first night, this would have been right after they left the sheriff in their trunk. They go to a restaurant, a 24-hour restaurant, to get some food. They ask a kid to go inside and get the food for them, so they don't end up on the cameras. And the kid comes out and he's like, "Here's your food," but he's like, "Hey, are, is this you guys?" And shows them the YouTube video. And uh, he's like, no, no, it's not. We're out of here. And like leaves, but accidentally hits hits the kid's dad, and uh, which was crazy. I was like, oh man, like they keep screwing up. Uh, but the dad is like, you guys are awesome. Like you, you guys are giving uh, people in our community hope, like for what you did, because that cop actually killed an unarmed black man two years earlier. And they kind of explain the story, and so the, it starts turning into, and, and the uncle mentions it when they show up, that they're this Bonnie and Clyde. And it, and it is, and, and the director talks about it as well, that they wanted to frame it where you're kind of having to make the judgment yourself, or whether they're the heroes of this story or the bad guys of this story. The director makes it very clear, though, she feels that they are the heroes of this story. And I, I as your humble podcast host, feel the exact same way. But it is cool because there are certain people that they run into that don't feel that way. Uh, and we'll get to that as we as we move along on their trek. But so now they uh, so they take him to the hospital, and he's like, "Hey, power to the people! Like we believe in you." And they head heads into the hospital, and they leave. They head back down south, and so they're driving, and they get to uh, her uncle's house, and he. I'm pretty sure there the indication there is that he is a pimp. Uh, but they don't ever really go into it. He's got a lot of women at his house, though, so I think the assumption is there. And uh, he helps them, and it, it's played. Uh, her uncle is played by uh, Bukim Woodbine, who those of you may know from uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and uh, he was also in Fargo. I've not seen Fargo, but um, 
he was in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming as Herman Schultz as the Shocker, which was cool. I was like, oh, I actually really like him as an actor. He does a really good job playing a very serious person, but at the same time being able to have... He had a lot of good comedic moments in this movie. I think I laughed the most at him or at the the scenes that he had. So he assists them, and through that conversation and uh, sort of relationship building we see, we find out some backstory on Queen. So what happened was... Um, he was her first case. So she explains later on in the movie that she, right after she passed the bar, or uh, her mom, she was not very close with her mom. She says she's not very close with her uncle, with anybody. And, um, but she's uh, asking him for help. And right there, they're saying like, can you help us? What can you do for us? And he's like, I don't know if I want to even get involved in this. And she's like, you owe me. And so now you're wondering, oh, what did uh, what did she do for him? And so he gives them money, he gives them a car, and he helps them out of a sticky pinch when a police officer shows up at the house, which provided for me at least some really funny moments. And I wouldn't even call them funny. It's just that the scene was so tense that, and his name's Uncle Earl, but the scene was so tense that when Uncle Earl is talking with that police officer, I, I just couldn't help myself but laugh because I'm like, oh man, like he was able to talk You'll see if you when you watch it. It's it's just he's basically like you know is anybody in here? Would you mind if I come in? And he's like, you have a search warrant? And he's like, no, but I think I might go get one. He's like, all right, well, why don't make sure that you use extra big font because I can't see. And it just the things that he was saying to him were so funny. And uh, so then he gets up and he's like, you guys need to leave right now. And uh, throughout this process, again, we're starting to see Queen and Slim sort of grow on each other. And they're sleeping in the same bed upstairs, but she's under the sheets, he's over the sheets, and they're talking, and he's, a, and I don't remember if this was when they were in bed or in the car, but he asks her, like, are you, are you scared? And she says, no. And he goes, you're lying. And she's like, how do you know? He said, you answered too quickly. And she's like, I thought people who, like, I thought you should answer quickly, otherwise you would be lying. She, he goes, my dad always said if someone answers quickly, uh, it means they already had a lie it waiting in the weeds, basically. And I was like, that's a really interesting, uh, essentially, there is a, a lot of credit that needs to be given to Lena Waithe because the writing in the, the dialogue in this film is just it's probably some of the best writing of the year. I'm kind of surprised. Actually, again, not surprised at all in terms of uh, the Oscars, but I would have given a Oscar nomination to the screenplay, no question in my mind. Uh, the standout conversations, if we're going to talk about it, are the opening conversation in the diner. Uh, there's a basically anytime they're driving in the car and having conversations, those are fantastic. Conver- really, every every conversation is, is great. But so at this point, they get a, uh, a teal sort of catalog I think it's a Pontiac uh but she's like oh this is perfect like we're gonna be hiding in plain sight so um at this point now we've we've talked with a guy who's incredibly supportive of what they're doing the guy that they hit and now we've talked with Uncle Earl who obviously cares about them and wants them to succeed in the same vein but he has obviously some more some other things that he's focusing on and at this point, they uh, they take off and they're driving, uh, heading down to. He basically says, "You need to head to. I'm pretty sure it's Florida." He says he's got a buddy there who has a plane who can take them to Cuba, essentially. And that's kind of what their plan was. They obviously Queens, you know, trying to dot all the I's and cross the T's, and and Slim is kind of just like, "We'll figure it out." But uh, she doesn't really know the answer. And he's like, let's go to Cuba. And she's like, oh, really? How are we going to get across that giant body of water? 
and uh, so he's like, you know, I've got a buddy. I'll I'll hook him up or have him hook you guys up with a plane. So it was like awesome. At least they've got a uh, like they've got a way to get out of here. And by now, obviously, there's like a giant manhunt for them, and uh, they hear it sometimes on the radio when they're driving. But they're heading down and dri- and driving down the long roads, and at one point or another, the car breaks down. And so they're like, I think we saw a, um, a repair shop a little white ways back. So he pushes the car all the way back to this repair shop, and they're repairing the car. And they, uh, they're talking with the repair guy, and they're like, well, how much is this going to cost? He's like, it's probably going to be like 2000 bucks, and I'll have it for you guys tomorrow. And they're like, no, 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 we, like, we need this now. We have to get going. And he's like, all right, well, you know, how about another 500 bucks, and I'll, I'll have it done by tonight. And they're like, oh, that's all our money. Like, that's all the money that Uncle Earl gave them. And uh, they, they start making a fuss again, and they're like watching his every move while he's working on the car. And he's like, you guys need to go do something else. They're like, we're not leaving you alone with our car. He's like, me being alone with your car is literally the least of your problems. And Slim's like, wait, you know about us? He's like, everyone knows about you. He's like, well, then why didn't you? Why aren't you giving us a discount? And I laughed so hard when he said that. But he, and so here's here's the third perspective. He goes, well, I don't approve of what you did. He goes, I don't understand why you did what you did. And they're like, well, it was in self-defense. He goes, I would have just taken the ticket and gone home and not bothered with it. And I can see where that, that comes in. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have that opinion too. But it's like, you weren't there. You didn't see what was going on and you weren't thrust into that position. So um, the dad feels that way, but he tells his son, he's got a younger son. He's like, hey, can you just take them on a walk and have take them out of here? Because he's like, what kind of, what insurance can I give you? And she's and Queen's like, oh, well, I'm not going to take your ID. I don't want your wallet because you can get that stuff replaced. And he's like, fine, you know, take my son, basically. But this son is obsessed with them. So he's like, oh, man, you guys are you guys are heroes. You're my hero. This is awesome. Like, you guys are great. And they're like, why? And, and he's basically explains to them, like, you you have you are going to go down in history for what you did in a great way. Like, for us, like, you stood up to power, like, to people in power. And uh, and so there's, there's a great conversation that they have uh, while they're walking with this kid. And, uh, and so then they get back and, uh, the car's repaired, all of that's good to go. And so they head off again and, uh, we get a really, uh, sad touching scene where, um, at this point they're driving through Georgia and queen wants to stop to, uh, see her mom's gravestone. And so it's at this point afterwards, they're kind of sitting in the car in this, in sort of a, I guess you could call it a forest, but she's kind of now providing her backstory of what happened. And so, um, when her grandmother died, her grandmother left her mother and her uncle Earl, uh, the house and her mom wanted to sell the house. Uncle Earl wanted to live in the house. And so they would constantly fight about this. And I guess one night, Uncle Earl had a little a little too much to drink, too many drugs, whatever the case may be. They were arguing, and he pushed her, and she accidentally fell down the stairs and cracked her head open and died. And so Queen's like, I mean, at this point, we're like, wow, like this is a serious trauma. But she's explaining, like, he was my first case. She goes, when this happened, when my mom died, I had just passed the bar and I was desperate to find, like, to make a name for myself to, to try a case. And she's like, I had no idea that my first case would be for my uncle. And so she actually fought for her uncle to get him off of death row and get him out of jail. 
and because she knew, in a sense, that he was innocent because it was an accident. And uh, Slim's like, but doesn't it piss you off that it was your mom that died and not him? And she's like, yeah, every day. And it's just this really sweet, touching moment. And, you know, the music starts playing and they start kissing. And it's at this point that their relationship gets taken to the next level. But at the exact same time, the, the scenes are intercut between this and a riot sort of going on back at the repair shop or in the town where the repair shop is. And so there's a a bunch of people out on the streets. There's a giant line of uh, SWAT officers, and they're also, you know, got their signs, don't shoot me, please, I'm a human. And all of a sudden, you know, we're like, well, why, why are they showing this scene? And it's intercut again between clean and slim, um, uh, having sex with each other and so it's it's and it's so beautifully cut because you've got on one end this beautiful moment that they're sharing with each other and then on the other end this riot and we start to see that young boy that they were talking with the repairman's son is in this in this protest and shows up and runs right to the front of the line where all of the riot people are, or the, the people in riot gear are the officers, and is just yelling at them, and there's, you know, trying to tell them, like, break up, stop, like, leave, and, uh, oh, man, that scene's tough, and so they, uh, they, they're sort of dispersing everybody and this young boy like won't leave and he's looking at this riot guy who also happens to be black and he's like come on man like come on come fight me and uh the guy's like i don't want to fight you and like lifts up his riot mask and he's like look we're just trying to keep the peace like can you please just go home and he's like why aren't you just shoot me and he's like i'm not gonna shoot you but then the kid pulls out a gun and so again, intercut with Queen and Slim. And so now we start seeing, oh, in in more ways than one, both of these scenes are starting to come to a climax. And the kid shoots this riot officer in the face, literally in the face, point blank, kills him. And I, it's it was an absolute blur because again, it's interspersed with Queen and Slim. But I don't even think you see what happens to the kid i'm assuming he gets shot too by these other riot officers or beat up or something but it in he the shock in this kid's eyes as he realizes what he did and partially there because of queen and slim being inspired by what they did uh you more and more layers are now added to this movie because you've got people who are looking up to what they did and taking things into their own hands and it's a really tough conversation to have and so uh, they find out when they, where was it? Oh, so so by now, again, Uncle Earl was like, I've got a buddy down there who, um, he's like, it's a white guy, but he's like, he's good. He's a good guy. He said, they're like, his wife is kind of crazy, but he is good. You can trust him. They're the shepherds. And so they show up to their house and you get this scene where uh, the neighbor is like peeping out their window and sees them walk into the house and you're like here we go and so they're there and it turns out the shepherds are chloe savini who is uh and i'm gonna i'll pull her thing up right now but she does a good not in the movie very long she's in uh she was in big love love and friendship boys don't cry uh Rush, she was in Russian Doll. Lizzie was a recent one. The Snowman. She's usually playing a, at least to me, the ones movies I've seen with her, she's usually playing a mean person. And in this, it's no different. She does not want them there. And she obviously, it's not because she's racist or anything. She just doesn't, obviously doesn't want 
uh, what she believes are criminals in her house. She's like, you know, and she goes, do you, re-? maybe she mentions it in that scene. I wish I'd remembered, but um, saying uh, that the boy died or he got killed. And they're like, what? Like, they had no idea that this happened. They're like, oh, we just saw him earlier today. And they're like, yeah, like you're bringing trouble with you. But flee is, Mr. Shepard is flee from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I am a huge uh, well, my wife and I both were huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fans, but I'm a huge fan of seeing Flea in movies because I, his name is Flea and because he's not really the best actor, but I've noticed as he's in these movies, he's consistently getting better. And uh, I think that's awesome to see his progression. It reminds me a lot of like, uh, maybe like Dave Batista, though he kind of has always been an enjoyable actor, but you know how you start seeing them for the first time in movies and it's like, oh, you know, they're, yeah, they were, they were a rock star they were a, they were a this or a that and they're not that great but then as you start following them and seeing them in other movies you're like okay all right they maybe they took a couple acting classes in between this so he plays a really good role as this guy who just wants to help them he's like hey you have nothing to worry about um we have hiding places all over the house if anyone comes over we can hide you and he goes and i've got a buddy waiting for you uh with a plane and he's like here's his information don't lose it and he notices a shadow outside, and he's like, guys, you need to get upstairs right now, and this is actually an interesting scene, because this whole time, Slim and Queen, like I said, have had these discussions, and they were talking about religion, excuse me, in one of those discussions, and Queen mentions that she doesn't believe in God, and as the movie goes on, you can kind of see why, because she um, she's had a lot of pain in her life, and as this movie goes on, and she slowly, you know, they're slowly getting closer to freedom, you start seeing that kind of shift a little bit, and so during this meal that they have with the, the shepherds, which is uh, ironic too, I wonder if that was Lena, Lena Waithe planned that for their names to be the shepherds, because they literally shepherd them um, towards freedom, and... Um, so they're eating dinner and he's like, all right, well, let's, let's say a prayer. And Queen's like, can I say the prayer? And he's like, of course. And so it was just really cool to see that she is now starting. She says like, thank you for the air in my lungs, for helping us so far, whatever happens next, I've really enjoyed this journey. And so at this point, this is when I was like, oh man, they're not going to make it. And so then the shadows come from outside and they're like, he's like, get upstairs, get under the bedroom, uh, the bed. And so there's like a hiding place under the bed. And it, this just blew my mind. And I was so furious. The, the SWAT team, the FBI, they bust into this room. And uh, there's another scene too that I forgot to mention when they were getting their car repaired where Slim calls his father. And the FBI is at the dad's house. And the dad actually hangs up on his son before they can track where he is. And I thought that was a great scene. And this was just another great scene where they're, they're just the FBI is up these guys butts and i get it they killed a police officer i get that that is serious it's not something to be trifled with but i'm i'm like this is just absolutely insane that they they literally beat down this door like they bash the door in and they've got maybe 15 people in full swat gear with assault rifles coming in the house and i'm thinking like again that's really excessive i get that they said that you know oh they're armed and dangerous i think they have a pistol by this point and maybe they've already lost the pistol and gotten rid of it they're not armed nor are they dangerous and that's just another piece of this movie where it just shows the the severity of how they're being treated but the you know everyone leaves eventually uh the shepherds cover for them and so they're trying to figure out how to escape now you know it's the next day and they're like oh we got to go and so they jump out of a window 
Queen busts her shoulder, I think pops it out of place because it's a taller window, but uh, Slim helps her put it back in place and uh, they're getting into a car that's in a garage. They have to hotwire the car and at the same time when he pops her shoulder in place, she screams into a um, into his jacket, but a police officer sitting outside hears it and it's interesting. There's a black police officer and they set it up this way. He's there with a white police officer and he's like, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah, it was animals. And he's like basically being kind of, uh, what's the word, being superior towards this black officer, as I'm sure happens quite often. And he's, you can tell that this officer doesn't like the other officer. So he's like, I'm going to go check on it for myself. And the guy's like, suit yourself. So he walks over there and it's just another amazing scene. So they, they get the car started. The police officer opens the garage and just stares at them. And they have the deer in the headlights look, literally pun intended, because he lets them go. And he just, he like nods to let them go. And they're just flabbergasted. And so they drive off. He walks back to the cop and the cop's like, did you find anything? He was like, yeah, you were right. It was just a couple of deer that had their antlers caught in branches. I set them free. And I was like, way to sort of tell the truth. Like he technically did set those people free. And in a sense, they were deer, deer in the headlight. But um, but yeah, so it was like, wow, now I'm wondering, okay, maybe they're going to get away with this. And so they're driving down. And they get to uh, this place, and there's a beautiful there's those beautiful scenes where they're talking, and I think this was when they start having this conversation of like, what are you looking for in a partner? And Slim's basically saying, I want my partner to be ride or die. Like I want her to always hold my hand, and I want her to be my legacy. Uh, be like I want her to think fondly of me when I'm gone. Like that I, I lived a good life. And Queen's kind of explaining she wants somebody that um, that makes her a better person, that makes her, that accepts her for all of her flaws and makes her feel comfortable with sharing all of her flaws and exposing her scars not for them to heal, but so that she can work on them and heal them herself. It's just a beautiful, beautiful, and I, I hope I'm not sounding like I'm choking up because I am because it comes back to play at the end of this. But um, so they get down to this place. There's this guy with a bunch of gold teeth, which I'm now wondering is meant to have gold teeth, and we'll get to it in a second. But he he basically escorts them to the plane, and he's you know talking, you know, oh everyone's rooting for you. I think this is great. And there's a, a mention as well when they're at the shepherds that there's a bounty on their head now. Obviously, right? Like there's a reward for their capture, and it's kind of it's briefly talked about, and that's it. He takes them to the uh, the airstrip, and they get out, and he drives off. They don't walk five feet when a just just a giant amount of police officers show up. Cars speeding behind him, and the camera shots are just gorgeous with this in a, in a very sad way. A helicopter shows up. All these cops pull their guns. They're sitting in their car. Hey, stop. Like, don't go any further. Hands on the ground. So they turn and face the police officers. And um, and she's like, she says she looks at Slim and says, uh, "I'm never gonna stop holding your hand." And he looks at her and says, "I wish I could kiss every scar away." And she's like, "I know you would have." And she says, "Can I be your legacy?" And he says, "You already are." But before he can even finish his sentence, she gets shot and just falls to the ground and he's looking at her just eyes wide open and he 
he picks her up and this is it's just such a, a beautiful scene he he just and there you can kind of hear it in the background the police telling him to you know don't touch her yada 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 and he picks her up in his arms and is just starts walking defiantly toward these police officers so you know at this point he's he's done he knows he's gonna die and he walks towards them and they just pelt him with bullets and they fall onto the ground. They make a unintentional cross with their bodies, which is really powerful. And then the next scenes are, you know, the news kind of pushing the, oh yeah, you know, they started a movement, all this sort of stuff. And the movie ends with them plastering a giant photo of Queen and Slim on the side of a building. Kids are wearing their uh, photos on their t-shirts and it was just such a beautiful scene to show that, um, you know, what they did mattered and that they were able to be that next Trayvon Martin, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X type person of uh, establishing this legacy for others to look up to and know that, you know, you can stand up for what you believe in and you can, and, and this, that, and the other. And uh, the reason I mentioned the guy who drove them to the airport at this point, right right after they get shot, it, it's shown with him with a bunch of money in his uh in his trailer, he's sitting there counting his money, and uh, in the in the special features, Lena Waithe uh, describes him as Judas, and so it's interesting because Judas had thirty pieces of silver. You can call it gold, whatever, but this guy's got all gold teeth. That's just a, a funny thing. But that's how the movie ends, and it's just it's amazing. It was so. I mean, I'm getting touched just talking about it. But what what I some of the notes that I took for uh during the special features that i learned um and you you don't really realize it until the very end of the movie but not once are queen and slim given names you don't know what their names are you don't even know they're queen and slim they don't mention names at all the entire movie and they said the reason for that was because that's often how we learn about these cases we didn't know trayvon martin until after he died we didn't know um, I'm trying to, uh, was it Tamir Rice that she mentioned? There's a couple of other uh, of uh, black people who were shot by police officers. And so it isn't until Queen and Slim die that we actually hear who what their names are and uh, on the news. And so that's just a really powerful way of doing that. She, uh, Lena Waithe, likened them to Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, saying that Slim was uh, Martin Luther King or acts like Martin Luther King, while Queen is more of a Malcolm X. But then by the end of the movie, due to the circumstances in the film, they their roles reverse, and they, they switch that, which is, is crazy. It's awesome. And uh, like I mentioned, there's just there's a lot of beautiful framed shots in here. You can really tell they cared about making this movie. But um, yeah, she. I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. But yeah, caring about a legacy, I think, was a, a big piece of this film. Slim was all about wanting to have a legacy. And I think Queen started to see that as the movie went on, that she kind of wanted that too. And in the end, they both ended up becoming their own legacy. There's multiple conversations in this movie about remembering people when they're gone, when they die, and that, you know, oh, I want to be remembered. And they talk about your family remembering you. That's how you matter is like your family remembers you. And so in a way, you know, they're describing that this whole community, the whole black community is a family. And at the end of the day, we should all be a family, right? Like all of all people of all colors, we should all be one family. And we remember those fondly through their legacy that they leave just like they did in here. So um, it was just is a really powerful movie. So I highly recommend this film. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, it felt long at times, but it was it was not a 
bad type of long. It was like a, you know, I could sit here and follow these characters until the end of the line, and unfortunately that's what you end up having to do because uh, they never make it out of uh, of the country, which is real sad and, and just goes to show, again, what a brilliant film can do to pull emotions out of you and to pull those thought-provoking ideas out of you uh, with a movie such as this. So with that said, like I said, highly recommend watching Queen and Slim, uh, uh, written and directed, or written by Lena Waithe, directed by Melina Matsukas. And uh, from 2019. So uh, for us here at Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you at the movies. (laughs) We'll be right back.